Kornheiser. Yes, that Tony Kornheiser has some opinions on the NFL playoff picture, and now you can get his podcast on the Odyssey app. Join one of the most recognizable and outspoken commentators of sports and entertainment and find out how the Cleveland sports scene factors in on the Odyssey app and wherever you get your podcast. Hmm. We may have to talk to Daryl. We may have to get Tony Kornheiser on Spoons and You. Hmm. It could be a really good conversation with him. See how he feels about it. Dan Maggot in for Baskin and Phelps, 92-3 the fan. If you missed that joke, go back to noon with Daryl Ryder and uh, give that a listen. He gave all the updates of what's happening with the Browns game. Uh, also, a little bit earlier in the show at 11, we talked to Nick Costas and colors coming up at 1 o'clock. Spencer Davies, Sports Illustrated, talking all sorts of calves and that good stuff. But while we're on basketball, we're going to start with something that just completely blew me away and, and something that is concerning. So I don't know if you guys, anybody saw this floating around, but Mikhail Bridges, the forward for the Brooklyn Nets, initially with the Phoenix Suns, found his way there with, after the Kevin Durant trade apparently came out on TikTok and has told people that for the last 10 years, he has eaten Chipotle. This is a professional athlete who is 27 years old. And now I understand it's basketball. You run, what is it they said, about two miles a game? I think they say that the average guard runs going back and forth, covering all sorts of stuff like that. You run two miles a day. Something along those lines. But still, every day for 10 years, eating Chipotle, since he was a teenager, saying that the meals are, quote, too fire to not have it every single time, and it doesn't disappoint. Okay, we have all been to, I think we've all been to this fine burrito establishment. I think we have all had conversations about it as well. There is one thing that is current with every single one of those which is they can't all be fire. And the reason that they can't all be fire is because I don't remember the last time I went to a Chipotle where they had all of the ingredients. Because every time that I have gone to a Chipotle, they have been out of something, whether it's black beans, whether it's out of, you know, onions and green pepper, whether it's out of burrito shells, whether it's out, you name it, I've had it out at a Chipotle. So I don't know if you can have a fire every single time because, frankly, I don't think you could have the same ingredients every single time. Because that's how that place operates. I've been there before where they're like, hey, we're out of lettuce. We don't have any lettuce for you. And it's just like, uh, uh. So good for him as a professional athlete that he has clearly found something that helps him out and, and something that gets him everything that he needs on a given day. But, boy, eating the same thing every single day at the same place for 10 years is just insanity to me. Like, that is a serious ask. We have a wide assortment of food that is out there and a wide assortment of burrito places that are out there as well. Like, there's so many flavors out there to continuously eat the same thing every single time. And especially at a place that's notorious for you walking up and going, hi, can I get the steak? And they go, we're out of steak. <laughs> we can get you pork. We've got some chicken, but not a whole lot of chicken. We'll give you a half a scoop. Like, th there's always something with those. So... That just blew me away. Every day for 10 years eating Chipotle. Unbelievable. Absolutely unbelievable. So good for him. It works. It works. It works. What's been working of late, though, for the for the Cavaliers, and it's been really impressive that 
that I've seen, especially since the Donovan Mitchell injury, the Darius Garland injury, the Evan Mobley injury on top of that. Sam Merrill had his moment of the sun, and then all of a sudden that poor kid got injured. Hopefully he can get back soon with the wrist injury. But there's one thing that's really stood out, and it's, it is somebody who has been much aligned or much maligned for this entire fan base. And it's Isaac Okoro. Watching yesterday, watching a couple of the games that have taken place of late with this team, it seems like Isaac Okoro's jumper may actually be starting to come along a little bit. And I know we've all been down this road before. I know we have all looked at Isaac Okoro and have hoped and prayed with everything in us that he could turn into the next... I mean, when I, I'm not going to lie. When I saw him coming out of college, the first thing that popped in my head was Andre Iguodala. And I, that has been a giant swing and miss to this point and tells you everything to know about my ability to scout and why I don't get paid by NBA teams to scout players, which he's been fine, but you would never compare him to that level. But the big thing that we always kept reading was about how the jump shot was starting to come along. And last night, it seemed to really hit for, uh, for Isaac Okoro. And it's been really good to see him do that. So last night, he was 4 of 7 from 3 for 57%. And it wasn't just those corner threes either. He was starting to hit those threes from, there, from like the top of the key and that stuff as well. He's working his way around. He's not just standing in the corner as much as usual. He's, of course, you know, like every three-pointer you know, shooter, you're going to have a clunker in there. He went 0 for 5 against the Bulls, but he also was 2 for 5 against New Orleans. 1 for 3, 1 for 2, 3 for 4 against Atlanta. In the month of December, the guy is starting to shoot about 37.5% from 3. It seems like this is beginning to come around. And I hope that is the case. Because the Cavs sorely, sorely need him to be out there on the defensive end. He does a really nice job against guards. He can definitely give fits to certain guys. He can stand in front of a lot of guards. He's long enough to have those issues. Now, they still need someone between 6'6 and 6'10 who can guard multiple positions, but that's not important right now. But he can stand in front of guards, and if he can become fine on offense, I'm not saying good, I'm not saying elite, I'm not saying great or anything like that, fine, passable. Somebody who can shoot 40% from the corner, 35% from three. Somebody who you can have on the floor and not have to have everybody sag off of all of the time. He's a decent passer. He can find the open guy. He can throw a nice bounce pass every so often to one of the big guys. He had a couple alley-oops yesterday that, that were a little clunkerish in that Dallas win. But, or win over Dallas is what I meant to say there. But, like, if they can get him to a level where he is a passable NBA player, it only helps to expand this roster. Because as we all saw in that Knicks series last year, and it's still burnt in our heads until the end, that was the guy. That position, that three, if he was in at the three, if he was in at the two, that was the spot where you could take that defender and double-team Donovan Mitchell or double-team the pick-and-roll with Darius Garland and blitz those guys or drop those guys or do whatever you wanted to do to mix up all of those different coverages so that it wasn't the same thing over and over again. And I hope this is the beginning of something with Isaac Okoro. I hope this, with everything in me, I hope that is the case. And I know we have all said that a minimum of 13 times since Isaac Okoro got into the league. I know we have all made those proclamations before. 
partially because he's a first-round pick. I really hope this is the turning point. Because if it is, all of a sudden, this team begins to turn around. The other thing that's really stood out to me during the injuries of Garland and Mitchell is the fact that Karis LeVert has been a really good backup point guard for this team. And I didn't think that was going to be the case because Karis LeVert, his entire career, has always been shoot first, shoot second, shoot third. And that's how he has operated. He is instant offense off of the bench. He's also dealt with injuries along the way. But when he had his run with the Brooklyn Nets where everybody seemed to you know, definitely find Karis LeVert and be impressed with what it is, it was because of his ability as a scorer off the bench that he could – it was just instant offense. He was instant 15 points and getting those shots up. But when he's moved to that backup point guard spot like he did last night, seven assists in that game coming off the bench for the Cavs. He tossed seven assists to go along with the 28 points, including the big clutch threes at the tail end. He was he was 6 of 11 from three. And so he had those big threes along the way, and especially into the fourth quarter when they were making that comeback. Karis LeVert was the one who was hitting those big threes. And Karis LeVert was the one bringing the ball down the floor and really initiating that offense, and it looked good with him in there. It was great to see him be able to do that and the Cavs to run some semblance of offense that was more than just high screen and roll. The ball was swinging all over the place. It seemed like they maybe have a semblance of an offense that isn't just dribble, 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 bring up Evan, set, pick, dribble, dribble, come around, hopefully bounce pass. Like something that's a little bit more than something that is so predictable over and over again. And so I hope that continues to be the case. And I hope that they continue to be able to do that with this roster and with Karis Silver and that offense as you get Darius Garland back and as you get Donovan Mitchell back. That becomes an aspect of the offense. This is always going to be a high screen and roll team. That's how Donovan Mitchell operates best. That's how he gets easy points. That's how his ability to get to the basket, to hit those threes, to all of those stuff, is having the ball in his hands. Hopefully having some kind of a concrete offense in there with off-the-ball movement can only help this more. And having those two out can only hammer that home. And I hope that Donovan Mitchell and I hope that Darius Garwin are watching the Cleveland Cavaliers right now and how they are operating and saying to themselves, great. Where do I fit into this? I can break it when I need to, but at the same point, I would like to be a cog in it. And then I can go high screen and roll, and I can go ISO, and I can do all those things. But I know that if I run this offense, we can get George and Yang open shots, and we can get Max Struess good looks, and we can hit Jared Allen for those rolls, and we can get him a little bit more integrated in the offense because he can, again, Jared Allen finishes well over both shoulders. That's a skill that not a ton of people have, and a ton of big people, big guys have. He can do that. You saw it last night in that game during that comeback. Jared Allen, not only with the hustle with the 21 boards and playing the great defense along the way, or the 23 boards, I should say, if I can read better, but the 24 points on top of that. He was a key cog in that offense that helped take down Dallas last night. And Lively, a great shot blocker, somebody who should have given Jared Allen fits, didn't. We saw Mitchell Robinson give him fits all throughout that playoffs. And I, and I apologize for coming back to that Knicks series, but we know where the goal is for that team, and we know how the regular season operates for the NBA. The regular season in the NBA is all about working out all the kinks so that when you find your way into the playoffs, you're humming. And I feel like the Cleveland Cavaliers are beginning to stumble onto some things while these three guys are out 
that maybe can help build for when they make a playoff series and give them more aspects to the offense. So it's not predictable. Because if you become predictable, you're dead. Only a few guys in this league ever were were predictable, but yet were still better than you. But they were so good at it, it was a different level. And the Cavs don't have any of those particular players. Donovan Mitchell can have those moments. But you don't need those guys to win a title, or else those guys would win the title every single year. For example, Jerry West. The scouting report said Jerry West was going to go right every single time. He's going to go right, and you won't stop him. That was the other part of it. Jerry West will go right, and you won't stop him. Like, there are some guys who could do that. LeBron James is another one of those. Michael Jordan, Larry Bird, all of those guys. They could do what they want to do, and you won't stop them. But if you could build an offense with multiple facets and you get an Isaac Okoro shooting the ball decently and you get a Jaron Allen who could finish over both shoulders and as a part of this is more than just a rebounder and dunker, then it opens up a lot of different options for this Cavs team. We're going to talk to Spencer Davies about this. He covers the Cavaliers for uh, Sports Illustrated. We'll talk to him about that next. Dan Manigan for Baskin and Phelps, 92 to the fan.